Welcome to Podcasts of Foes. I'm Greg Tito, host of Dragon Talk, the official Dungeons & Dragons podcast. To celebrate the launch of Canaan's Tome of Foes, we worked with more than 20 of the community's favorite live play D&D podcasts to record special episodes using monsters and lore from Tome of Foes. We love highlighting the creativity of these amazing players and dungeon masters, and hopefully you will find one or two new podcasts to follow. To find out more about these groups and Canaan's Tome of Foes, head to dnd.wizards.com slash mtof or check out our live video programming on twitch.tv slash dnd. I wanted to thank Victoria Rogers from the Broadswords for organizing all these amazing adventures from the community in this podcast of foes. And to find out about the next D&D adventure, check out the Stream of Many Eyes on June 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. More information on that event can be found at dnd.wizards.com slash s-o-m-e. Have fun listening to this awesome one-shot adventure featuring monsters, stories, and lore pulled straight from Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes, available in game stores on May 18th and everywhere else on May 29th. Have fun rolling dice! Gather round, travelers, to hear our tale. The maidens are pulled from their quest as reports of a mysterious flying ship reach Elysium Keep. Our heroes must seek out the strange vessel and investigate what new threat has descended from the skies. Who are these alien travelers? Why have they appeared? What lies in wait beyond the veil of this world? Find out in our Tome of Foes special episode, Maiden Voyage. Oh my god, you guys! Alright, let's- Oh my god! Yeah, let's get this started. Hello, everybody! Welcome to a very, very special episode of the Venture Maidens podcast. You might have heard, and maybe this is how you found us, this is a special episode we are doing for the new- for Mordekainen's Tome of Foes, the latest book uh, from Wizards of the Coast. So we were invited to participate in the Podcasts of Foes project. So this is sort of our, our little um, hail to that. Uh, we're going to be using some cool new content in this story tonight and giving you all a, a flavor of what, what we're all about. So uh, oh yeah, this is going to be real great. So I guess um, let's go ahead and do some full introductions uh, for the folks who may not have heard of us before. Uh, my name is Celeste Conowich. I am the Dungeon Master of the Venture Maidens podcast. And my name is Brittany Quintero. I play Arnadel Ithil, the Moon Elf Warlock. And hello, everyone. My name is Nassim. <coughs> Sorry, I get a little voice fry every now and then, or vocal fry. Um, and I'm playing Saya Noor, the Human Monk. And I am Sage Stafford, and I am drinking a fine Merlot. Mm. Oh, out of that good water cup. Oh, oh, it's not, it's, it's a glass. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and every other Wednesday on the Venture Maidens, I play Cara Brynhilde. The Dwarven Barbarian. Yeah, we're, we have a really special treat. We're actually using our characters that we use in our normal podcast for this sort of 
one-shot episode tonight, so doing something a little bit different than last time, um, if you caught our Tomb of Annihilation episode, uh, when this happened last. So that's a fun treat. So if you like us, you can tune into our podcast that we do regularly and, and check out more of these characters. Oh man, I need to drink this beer faster. I'm like way too... <laughs> I'm so, Why? I'm, we just started. I know, I'm so noivous, though. Like, oh, so this book is scary, what? y'all. This is full of, like, mean, mean monsters. I've seen some of those monsters spoiled out of there, and I'm like, holy <laughs> moly. When I picked this up, I was like, oh, man, what, we're only level eight? Like, I think everything in here could kill us. I'm so excited. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know, if we took on a, an anathema... We can kill We can do it. We can handle this. I believe in all of you. I truly believe in my companions more than myself. They they have kicked so much more ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whatever. Saye has kicked kicked a lot of butt. She is. She no, is fuck it. We can people. all do this together as we a can, team. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Let's mm. Do this. You included me in the ass kicking. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't think I've kicked that much ass. You know, we'll talk about it later. You've done a lot of eldritch ass blasting. A bl- yes, <laughs> the eldritch ass blast. <laughs> the eldritch ass blast coming to a theater near you. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna take another sip, and then I guess we could actually like play some freaking D and D or something. Woo boy. Mm. Okay. All right. So that is who we are. I hope you haven't forgotten in the interim of that long, long conversation we just had. But. <laughs> Our story begins today at the Elysium Keep, which is the home of the Sisters of Sorrow, the mercenary organization that our maidens work for. So you guys have been at the Keep for a while, uh, in between adventures, doing a lot of downtime. And uh, while you are staying at the Keep, Kristoff, the half-orc lord commander of the Sisters of Sorrow, informs you that... There's a little bit of a situation going on close to the keep. It has been reported that some large object has fallen from the sky, and nobody really had, like, direct eyes from it. They're getting reports from local folks in the area, but right now they don't have the manpower or the forces available to go and check it out. So they were wondering if you were free, if you could uh, go ahead and jaunt right on over there. Uh, so you got this message from him earlier, and he told you to rendezvous with Wizban, who is the gnomish artificer of the Elysium Keep, to talk to him about transportation to get you out to the site. Our good old friend, Wizban Wizban Glitch! Master artificer extraordinaire! Uh, so you find yourself standing in his workshop at this point. The workshop is in its usual shape, completely filled with objects in progress of being built, machine parts, just absolute chaos, work tables covered in all of these new, you couldn't even begin to describe, you're like gears and bolts and boxes. And Wizban himself, the entire keep has been in a lot of disarray with like the recent refugees and the big appearance of some geographical changes uh, that we talk about in our main storyline. But he looks exhausted at this point. So even his typical gnomish sparkle is not in his features today Um, that gnome glitter that gnome that gnome shinies that just aura of glee is not there today um oh maidens yes um what can i help you with 
We were sent here by Kristoff to arrange transportation. Oh, yes, oh, yes, of course. The um, the big uh, flying object in the sky. Yes, all right, so we'll be going over the desert. Uh, oh, I have just the thing. One moment. And he rifles around in a big box that seems to have a lot of clattering metal things inside of it. And he takes out three silver bracer cuffs. And he hastily hands them all to you. He's like, yes. The camels should you do just fine. Yes, one of you, each of you, and take and then follow. And he's already walking out the door. Yeah, Kara's like, oh, throwing her hands up, more like confused, like, oh, god damn it, I don't want to lose him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the silver cuffs that you have, imagine they're, they don't have a clasp or anything on them. They're just like those chunky jewelry bracers that you can put yeah. on. They're really um, nondescript, other than the fact that they have a simple rune carved into them. Any of you speak gnomish? Nope. Don't, don't the gnomes use the dwarven? I think they have their own language. Mm. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Ignorance. <laughs> it's a good luck. So it, it's a character on there that you have no idea what it means. And he leads you down out, so the steps of the keep and out into the main area. So you're stepped out now into the hot desert sun. As you leave the keep, and you see that there is a large the stable yards over to your right that have been built out there, and he leads you hurriedly over there and starts to lead you into the stalls. This is a newer place. I don't think any of you have ever been here, but this is where they keep so horses, other pack animals, and but there is a special section in the back where Wizban keeps his artificer creations. And as you get closer, you begin to hear. Wah! <laughs> sound coming from <laughs> a bunch of the three big stalls in the back and you see the faces of three tawny faced beasts lean their heads over the edge and they've got these like floppy kind of ears and big noses do you think any of you have ever seen camels before yeah i mean siamida yeah they look like camels but it's it's weird when you look at them their eyes seem flat and shiny in a way that doesn't seem normal like taxidermy yeah almost like taxidermy and they move with almost a jerky mechanical quality but other than that like from a distance look great just like camels Kara's looking at this creature and how tall they are and she's like i gotta get up on that thing are you kidding me do you see how long my legs are we have ladders uh, I, I designed them myself. No, it, it's it's perfectly fine. Um, so these three should be great as long as you're wearing those. They they will take your basic commands and they should be able to get you to your destination. Yes, Christoph was explaining. Um, it's about a half day's ride. These creatures, of course, fine fine beauties they are. And he goes up and touches one of them like lovingly on the nose, and the camel goes and kind of sh- <laughs> shakes its ears back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so just to move things forward in time uh you've been given all the provisions you need uh you know that this this spot where this reported object was and it's disturbing that you you have so little information on what it was but again everybody is knee deep in their own troubles right now so it's up to you to see exactly what it is assess the threat and um come back and report coolness how long does, should it take for us to ride out there? About half a day, so seven, eight hours. 
on Camelback. So basically, you're situated at a northern, basically the, the edge of the mountains, and then all south into the north, or the uh, southwest of you is kind of rocky area that turns into full-on desert the further southwest you go. So you're going to be skirting along the mountain range uh, going mm-hmm. to the west. So this object was reportedly sighted just south of the mountain range, but west of the keep. Okay. Are we are we down to just head right out? Do we need things? Yeah. Can we say we just have the things? Yeah, you just have, <laughs> you know, you have your basic adventurer supplies, extra water, everything you'll need for a little little day trip out to the desert. <laughs> it's nice to cool. get to yeah, go good. camping. It'd be so fun. All right. Get along, right. Oh, little doggy. <laughs> Wizban Truda's word does get you a little stool, Kara, so you Perfect. can scramble your way up. And these things are tall and awkward. They both have they have two humps on their back, so you situate kind of. Saya takes. I want to. Saya wants to take the stool out of Wizban's hand. And said, "I can help you up onto the camel. You don't need this thing. You've got me." <laughs> uh, Wizban's like, "Oh, okay. I'm gonna need the workout." <laughs> Get your squads in right now. Exactly. Bench press Kara onto the camel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Yeah. Make a make an athletics check to, to lift Kara upon her camel. My righty like, Three hundred pound body with that. <laughs> That's going to be eleven. Uh. It, nope. Kara's <laughs> like clamoring like at the saddle like yeah she's trying to help Ooh. you to make you feel better about yourself but it just doesn't work and Wizban slowly scoots the stool <laughs> I uh, talk such a big game so you managed so I am super embarrassed but I kind of want to try again <laughs> after some squabbling you managed to get on these camels and the beasts okay. uh, unlike normal camels are very sweet pretty docile and the minute you uh-huh. just think move or think about a direction the rune on your bracer begins to glow and the camel immediately responds that's cool yep i like this low maintenance animals go go gadget camel it goes <laughs> where's the horn on this thing i want mine to make the noise too <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. God, I should have looked up camel noises. I'm just going to make I think, awful... I think that's pretty spot on. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Welcome to the Venture Maidens podcast. I like making animal noises. So you are starting off pretty early in the day. It's around 7 a.m. when you leave. So that puts you, yeah, like seven hours, three or four, you'll arrive to this reported spot. So it kind of sucks traveling this direction at the highest part of the day, but they also don't know how big a threat this is or exactly what this is. So speed Mm -hmm. was impressed upon you as being important. Why don't we go ahead and everybody, for each hour that you pass through, everybody roll a d20. So let's go ahead and start with you, Kara. 19. Okay, you're fine. Uh, Arnidab. I got a one. Oh boy! Okay. Oh no. Go ahead and roll a d6 for me, please. Land of encounters. Got a five. So as you are making your way across the desert, you're not in full desert now. You're sort of, um, it variegates between sandy dunes and then also kind of flat, craggy rock spaces. Uh, So there are large boulders strewn about. Every once in a while you see some scraggly cactuses, cacti, 
around um, birds circling off in the sky. You're just beelining in this direction, and suddenly your camel falters as you step into a large impression in the rocks, and you realize that you're standing in the middle of a very, very large footprint. And uh, you see the the footprints continue along, cutting perpendicular to your travel path and heading off into the sandier sections of the desert. Can I do like a, I guess like a nature check to see if I maybe, or an arcana? Nature, probably. To see if I've read about something? Yeah, or like check in what might be native in this desert. Oh, can I make a survival check? Yeah. See if I would know. Survival and footprints. Hell yeah. I rolled a 12. Okay. You know that there are probably giants who live out here. Nothing too scary, but hill giants would frequent deserts like this. Yeah, I got a 15 on mine. Big, big humanoid footprints. So you're assuming it just looks like one, though, which is good news. But then what did you get on your survival check, Kara? I got a 15. Okay. You can tell that the tracks are over... 12 hours old so whatever came through here is probably long gone by now they're not fresh tracks they looks like they've been through uh like yesterday or early this morning so they probably long gone by now yay and you've survived a super exciting random encounter (laughs) i love when they have those Mm. on the tables and they're like oh cool (laughs) you find a neat Thing. Uh, <laughs> if we had a cell phone, we'd be taking selfies all around the. Oh program. yeah, I'd be like, whoa, look at <laughs> exactly. it! Whoa, this crater. Car is like, it's two times bigger than I am. Like, its in- toe is as big as my head. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> so you do that for a bit, taking ye old selfies, and then Saye, go ahead and roll. Uh, roll your d twenty for hour three. I had rolled an 18. Okay, you are fine. All right, Kara, hour four. 18. Okay, Arnadel, hour. Whatever I said. Five? Five. (laughs) (laughs) The next one. Uh, A twelve. Okay, you're fine. And Saye, last one. Fifteen. Okay, you guys are fine. Now uh, that you are approaching the reported site, everybody, please make me perception checks. I would love to. Sure, sounds great. Ooh, I'm real smart, you guys. I forgot how smart I am. (laughs) (laughs) Smart? I got it. Smart. She's so smart, smart and strong. She's so smart. I got a 16. I got an unnatural 20. I got a 21. Oh, God. You guys are so good at seeing things. So perceptive. So perceptive. And your camels are great, by the way. They're, like, quiet. They're focused. That's spitting everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> There's only minimal spitting. It's, like, polite punctuation <laughs> spitting. And so... <laughs> As you uh, crest this final dune, you see now that stretched out before you is a large sandy space. It's maybe about a thousand feet to like the real where the real bases of the mountains start, and you can see like cliffs and crags. But as you're standing over this large sandy plain, you see that there is a ship that has just crashed in the middle of this section here. That's weird. So the ship itself is made of this black red kind of wood. So it's very beautiful, almost like a walnut cherry quality. And you see that there are two huge spines that go out on either side of the ship. So it does look like potentially wings, but there aren't any sails or anything. 
And so this this ship itself is about it's not very large. It's only about thirty feet long and about ten feet wide. Um, you think maybe it could hold like thirty people at most, and it just it's completely crashed. You see, it's actually torn in half, like where it hit a large boulder, and pieces of the wreckage, yeah, are just strewn about. So that's what you see. So you're standing probably now like four hundred feet away from this crash site. Ooh. Is there anything else in this area? Is there like a town? Is it just... It's really, it's just sand and like open space until you, you get to the, the mountainous cliffs on the far side. So it's really just like an open... So it's like this ship just dropped from the sky and crashed. This is really bizarre. Ooh, I kind of want to make a bet, but I don't know what Saya wants to bet. <laughs> but she's just like, first one there gets... Breakfast, I don't know. <laughs> Gets <laughs> booze. Uh, yeah. I'll buy the next bottle of Svedka. Either way, <laughs> since things look pretty calm at the moment, she turns it into a game and wants to, like, egg on Kara to get there first. Okay. Kara, do you fall for this? All right, I'll take that challenge. All right, so are you gonna, guys going to dash with your camels? Yeah. Okay. There's no way I'm running <laughs> on the ground. So, yeah, so uh, camels normally move 50 feet per round but the camel constructs you're on run 60 feet in a round i have named my camel construct fester fester, fester. the camel That's yes wonderful. Huh. fester doesn't seem to have an opinion when you tell him that <laughs> come fester run like the wind ah! and he goes and he does yeah, car gives a great big kick in the sides and brings her little heels down yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so Kara and Saya go charging full speed towards this wreckage. Arnadel, what what are you doing? Arnadel's probably just like watch. She's just gonna be like, yeah, you guys go ahead. She's she's <laughs> named her her camel Bolt. Bolt. Okay. Hang on. I have to huh. I have to write these down for you know canon later. Um. Okay. So we've got Vester <laughs> and Bolt. And okay, Sage. What's what's Kara gonna name? Her camel. You gotta tell me. Hazel. Hazel. Precious. Oh, Fester, Bolt, and Hazel. These are the best fake camels ever. They are. (laughs) I love them. Anyway, uh, so you start going full speed. And running uh, full speed on a camel is a lot different than riding on a horse. Um, It's very, like undulating moving back and forth you're getting bounced around between these humps and their big like legs are just moving saya saya has got quads for days why don't you go ahead and give me an animal handling check though to see how well quad quads Ooh. well she's proficient in that Kara, give me one as well since you're you're racing Ooh, but you know what but you know what that was a 22 oh wow i am also proficient in animal handling well, well, we're just so talented. I only got 14, though. Oh, 14. Okay, your ass kind of hurts, Kara. Like, you're getting bounced around. You're like, ugh, this is... And also... She's been you're fucking so, miserable you're so the small, whole fucking day. So you only have so much leg to, like, hang on to this camel. <laughs> and you're also decked out in weapons. I apologize and, for laughing. And armor. So it's, like, jouncing, and it doesn't feel great. But you're fine. All right, and then as you guys are getting much closer at a rapid speed, Kara and Saya, go ahead and make me uh, perception checks once again at disadvantage this time since you're charging on camels. Oh, no. 13. That was a four. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Sorry, Kara, what did you get? 
Uh, 13. Mm. All right, y'all are so busy doing camel's shenanigans. <laughs> but you're getting there real fast. You notice no- nothing nothing new. Uh, Arnadelle, right. are you going at like a measured normal pace? Uh, she probably, she picks Bolt up to a trot. Okay. Like a respectable trot, unlike these two chuckle. Heads. Saya wants to turn around and shout at Arnadelle, don't fall behind now. <laughs> Y'all are so nice today. <laughs> she just rolls her eyes and uses awakened mind to be like, Y'all are dumb. <laughs> Stop kicking up sand. <laughs> Campbell's like, Alright, so um as you get closer and closer to this ship then, you see a little bit more of the details. The the wreckage, it looks like it really does look like it just appeared in the sky and then dropped. So the ship itself is still facing mostly up. And again, now that you see these spines that come off the side, so they almost look like, if you were to imagine bat wings without the webbing, uh, one on oh. each side. And then it looks like the ship itself dropped on top of this large boulder that is now sticking out of the sand. So there are the two broken pieces on either side, and you actually begin to see that there are a couple bodies that are laying around. Can I do a, a arcana check to see if maybe I recognize the, like, if this ship is from a city that I know, or? Yeah, totally. Um, Maybe go ahead and make a history check. If, if you're trying to see if you know the city, or, yeah, I mean, arcana, if you're trying to generally identify whatever, whatever's your flavor. They're both the same. It's a an 18. Okay. You have definitely never seen a ship like this, but you have read in books, like, there are some ships that are built to be capable of traveling through the air that have maybe can uh, harness magic to create sails rather than having, so that, like, the wing patterns sort of give you that impression you're not sure specifically what this might be, but you think this was probably a magic vessel of some kind that was meant to fly in the air. Okay, lastly, to cap that off, I use my Eldritch Invocation of Detect Magic to see if it is indeed magical. For sure. The ship, let's see, the ship is not magical right now. But as you're looking at it, there's something about the the weave around the ship that that you feel like this is more of a receptacle for magic right like magic could be poured into the ship but right now there is no longer magic going through um you do see on the far side of what you would assume to be the whole of the ship so maybe inside there is a very strong blue glow okay there so you think somebody is in there casting a spell of some kind okay I relay every bit of information that I've deducted with that to you guys. Just like, oh, I think this can fly with magic and there's something magical inside the hull. So as you get closer, that's what you determined with Detect Magic, that this ship was probably a receptacle for a lot of magic before. And you do see that something is actively has a magical glow about it that is sitting in one half of the ship right now. As the two of you, uh, so you're, you're still charging full tilt you're getting really close to the boat do y'all want to slow down or just like i am trying to win saya is not slowing the fuck down Uh, she will wait until kara does once we get about like 30 feet away then she starts to turns to slow down as to not run into it (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay 
So you, you all start to slow down, and as you do so, you begin to see those bodies uh, that I mentioned in closer detail. It looks like these bodies were just flung whenever the boat crash-landed, uh, so you see they're, you know, like ten feet away from the boat itself, splayed out. And they are bodies of creatures you have never seen before. Their skin is yellow and almost scaly, and some of them have, like, long whiskers uh, that come from their face, and they're dressed in these strange clothes of, like, it looks very distinctly like there are two different sets of clothing. There are some that are red and orange, and then there are some that are garbed in blue and silver. And so you see uh, four of these bodies just thrown about. I would love to investigate one. As you, are you getting down from your camel? Yeah, yeah, she'll get down and she'll, like, rifle through their clothes, see if there's any sort of identifying markers about them, like... Yeah. yeah. Saya wins. I'd like to put that on the record. Saya has won the race. Yes, Saya <laughs> did indeed win the race. Kara, Kara can do <laughs> you are the You are the best Beastmaster. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, you get down from your camel, which takes a bit. It's pretty un- unglorious as you have to shuffle off this thing and uh as you get down from your camel you see three figures and arnadel you actually probably see them first that emerge on one half of the boat that just sort of seemed to pop up from nowhere so they were probably hiding until you got closer the figures you see in front of you uh so two of them are flanking this this figure in the middle who is definitely the most impressive looking one it looks like in one in all of them are holding these silver swords that shine in the in the desert light and they're dressed in this very ornate almost chunks of armor so a lot of their yellow skin is exposed and you see that they each have what are probably racial like freckles or patterns on them and a mix of hair and then these like weird beards and they're just very very different from anything you've ever encountered with extremely ornate yeah armor and weapons uh and then the one in the middle in addition to holding that silver sword that looks like a a wicked blade um they also are carrying a wand oh and have a kind of ornate headdress made of like red and white beads was this the blue magical aura that i picked up on earlier no it is not that aura is still there it looks like it's tucked into the other side of the boat so like shoved in between decks and then so one of the the figures flanking the side who looks more of like a warrior type begins Mm -hmm. speaking to you in a very strange language that sounds completely alien to anything you've ever heard it's got a lot of sharp consonant sounds and like clicking sounds just totally Boggling your mind what it's saying. Using awakened mind, because it negates language barriers, as mm-hmm. long as a creature speaks a language. I'm going to say to the group that we're looking at, um, they're within 60 feet, right? Yeah, now they've just popped up on the boat. So you guys are on the the flat plane, and then they are standing atop uh, this broken half of ship. Okay, so using awakened mind, I, I quickly say, uh, we, we come in peace. We're just here to investigate. And we speak common. I I speak Elvish and Primordial too. They all, they, their eyes grow kind of wide and they like look at you almost in, mm, go ahead and make an insight check to determine what 
what they're thinking as this is happening. <laughs> My insight is going to be an 18, or a uh, 19, excuse me, 19. Okay. So it looks like the two soldiers on either side of this, this third figure, their eyes go wide and they look in awe of you, maybe like a sense of admiration. Uh, and then the, the middle figure, their eyes narrow and they become very suspicious and and uh, put off by this. <laughs> and proper Arnadel awkwardness, I'm just like, hey, like, I, it's a weird ability I have. I'm, this is kind of the only way I can communicate with you. I, I don't speak your language. I don't recognize it. But yeah, you can put your weapons down. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, and then at this point, the uh, the figure in the center raises their wand and is pointing it at you, and they begin to say a lot of things in a, in a slightly aggressive tone is the best you could get. And the one word that they keep that you keep landing on and hearing over and over again is githzerai, githzerai, as they're pointing and waving the wand. Oh boy. They they get that you aren't understanding what's going on. Uh, and then the the two soldiers step forward and they start pointing at Kara. They point at your helmet and oh. then they point at your oh. axe. And then they extend their swords and they make a give them to me gesture. They don't want you walking in with your weapons. Kara shakes her head vigorously and yells, fuck off. You're getting these over my dead body. You can go ahead and tell them that, Arnadel. You know, somehow, even <laughs> just the tone of that <laughs> surpasses language barriers. Uh, and we're going to go ahead and roll some initiative. Oh, good. Initiative, everybody roll. Not so hot tonight for me. 11. I rolled a nine. Okay. I rolled a six. <laughs> hot stuff. Okay. They get to move first. Okay. Uh, so, the two soldiers... Well, actually... Oh, hang on. Oh, man. Spellcasters. Am I right? Yeah. I hate running spellcasting monsters. It's the worst. Alright, we're gonna just um, go for the sucker punch, and uh, she's gonna throw a fireball. Oh, boy. So, everybody go ahead and make dexterity saves for me. As um this... This spellcaster um, just extends their hands forward without another word, and just this blast of flame comes charging in your direction. My sweet, sweet danger sense giving me advantage. Oh, heck yeah. For a 17. I got a 21. I rolled a unnatural 20. Wow, you guys (laughs) did great. Okay. Alright, so you all made your dexterity saving throw, so you're going to only take half damage. Uh, but I still have to roll my 8d6s. Um. And uh, you, you think these creatures are a little hostile? <laughs> you don't uh, say. You know, you're getting that impression that negotiation didn't go very well. Uh, okay, 24, 26, 31. So uh, that'll be 15 damage. To each of you. Fire damage, if that makes any difference. Ooh. 
uh, as this fireball, uh, they just shoot it right in the middle of you, aiming true. Um, some of the, the wreckage around you, the wood also goes up in flames um, as the area, and the camels scream and start running and dancing back away. So actually, Saye and Arnadel, you are still mounted on the camels. Uh, so, but Kara, your camel, uh, I'm sorry, Hazel, just goes um, yes. running off like a respectable distance. But we're maintaining control of fester and uh, you're going to have to make some some checks on your turn so that was okay. the magic user's turn and they are just staying up on the deck completely content you think to sling spells at you until you die and but the two uh warriors that are flanking move forward and they are going to jump off the edge of the wreckage to get down now into like the smoldering ring where the fireball went off um and they're brandishing their swords so, um, Kara, you are the only one still there. The rest are on dancing scared camels. So we are going to go in Bring it on. for a couple of hits. Let's see. Okay, well, the first one got a six, so that's bananas. <laughs> oh, uh, the other one got a non-natural 20. Does that hit you now? Yep, that'll do it. That does. All right, so uh, they are coming in with this silver sword again, and this sword is also very, very strange. You you haven't seen a metal quite like it, um, so you're admiring this great sword as it swings through the air and flashes in the sun and then gets you right in between the armor. Oh, yeah, the glint of it just catches my eyes. I'm like, you're, you're ah, too fine. dazzled. <laughs> you're starstruck. All right, so that's going to be eight slashing damage. And then... Also, as the blade cuts into you, it's like a sharp pain travels through your head as you see just this glint of purple along the edge of the, the blade, and you feel like you've just been hit with a headache, if that makes any sense. Uh, so you're going to take yeah. five psychic damage also. All right, so now uh, you are dancing with these two two yellow boys uh, down here, and then the spellcaster still standing on deck. And then, Kara, it is your turn. Alrighty then. Um, first of all, she's gonna use her bonus action to mm -hmm. rage. Your head hurts! Oh god, it hurts so good! Uh, and then I'm going to make my attack and I'm going to use my uh, sweeping maneuver to be able to try assuming, or are they within like five feet yeah, of each other? So they're, yeah, they're both yeah. right next to you, so you're making a nice little triangle. A triangle of death. It's the best kind. Anyway, so so I make my sweeping attack, so I will expend my superiority die. Ooh. Do, do, do. Alright, so I gotta make my attack roll, and if it would hit both of them, match both of their ACs at least, then I get it. Okay. And that'll be a 19. Yeah, that'll do it. Oh boy, so I'm hitting both of them. Oh man. Nuts. So one of them is gonna take... Eight damage. Owie. And then the second one is going to take five damage. Okay. And then I'm going to hit one of them again. Alright. That'll be a 21. Yeah. And an additional five, seven damage. Ooh. Uh, yeah, so you just all of a sudden, they they clearly weren't expecting you to put up that much of a fight and they as you your blade goes slashing they kind of like stumble back and like get get their swords ready again for a guard position and you see their faces become a lot more 
uh, serious as they're dealing with you. <laughs> they're like, hold up. Uh-oh. Wait a minute. Oh, no. Anything else for your turn? That will do it. All right, then, Arnadel, you are on a camel who's kind of freaking out. So what you can do for this to calm your animal, um, since you have the bracelet, you can either go ahead and make me a wisdom check, or you can do an animal handling check. It's going to be a 15. Yeah, so with you, with your strength of mind, you you tell the camel, like, zen out, brah. And it does, and it's totally fine. Uh, so you have your full actions this turn. Cool. I'm going to cast Agonizing Blast at three different targets. Oh, well. Oh yeah. Actually, no. I'm going to aim directly at the magic caster. Oh. I'm avoiding the soldiers. The soldiers were tight, but, like, fuck that magic caster. Mm-hmm. Wizard duel. Roll to hit. Yeah. Wizard battle. Uh, so, oh, yeah. Or mage fight, I guess, since we have a warlock and a... Uh, it is not a wizard. That is not the word that is appropriate to their culture. Fair enough. Um, that's going to be a 12 to hit for the first beam. That will not hit. So what's strange about this caster is that they're not dressed in just traditional like robes. They also have plate armor on. And in one hand, they have a big sword, and in one, they have a wand. So you think... Double, yeah, they're good Double trouble. Battle mage. Okay, so that was the first one. Okay, does not hit. Um, The second one definitely doesn't hit, because it was less than the last one. (laughs) (laughs) It's so hard to cast when you're on a camel. (laughs) Right, guys? For real. Relatable. Uh, This was an 18. That will do it. Nice. Um, Seven points of damage. Okay. And let me just double check that I don't have any weird resistances. Against that yield force damage. Alright, uh, so you get that blast off. Um, anything else you would like to do on your turn? You still have a movement if you want to get down. Yeah, I, I don't, no, I'm gonna, actually no, I'm staying on my little camel. He's faster than I am. But I do want to use Awakened Mind again to just scream again, like, we're not trying to fight, asshole. Over the sound of Fireball, the, the spellcaster is screaming again this word, um, Githrazai, Githrazai, and, like, waving the wand at you, like, in a, in a, like, it's your fault gesture. He, I used Awakened Mind. Uh, no, I think they, he definitely heard you. It's just, we're just fighting Magikara, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> They're saying a lot of different things in between, but that, again, that word is, like, punctuating every other one. And this this spellcaster is clearly very upset with you. Otherwise, it yeah, they don't seem to have any qualms about killing you. Huh. They, they seem annoyed, if anything. You do, you do, you interdimensional pirates. Yeah. Hey, you don't know that. Kara doesn't know that. They're on a ship. <laughs> they don't look like they're from here. <laughs> I.e. interdimensional <laughs> It's clearly pirates. Um, they're, they're clearly pirates. Alright, so yeah, it is your turn. So go ahead and you can make an animal handling. Basically, I'm just trying to calm my... Mm-hmm. Trying to calm down Fester. Fester, yeah. Fester is festering with some... Twelve? Yeah, that's enough um, that you, you managed to calm the camel through, through arcane means. I need. I gotta help. I gotta help my girls. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Maiden power. She. 
calms down Fester, and then from from his back or whatever, takes out her crossbow mm-hmm. and aims for the one going at Kara. Okay. Uh, there are two. One is a little more damaged than the other. The more damaged one. Oh, yeah. To hit, that's 21. Mm-hmm. Nice. And then... It's a d8. I'm using my tiny dice. Oh, the tiny dice. The babies. Ooh. What is that? Ooh, lovely. And that is an uh, ooh, 12 damage. Okay. Uh, 12 damage? Yikes! Yeah. Yikes, uh, okay. Oh, but since I took an attack, I now have my extra attack. Well, then I'll leap off. Can I leap off my camel and do two unarmed strikes? Uh, you would not. So getting down from your camel would cost your full movement. Okay, then I'll just load up my crossbow again. All right, so you crank. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, and did you want to get down from your camel? Yeah, and I'll get down from my All camel. All right, so you fire off one shot, and then you're, like, getting ready with another reload as you deftly hop off of Fester, and Fester follows suit uh, with Hazel, and they just stand about 20 feet away on the periphery. Um, not looking to get- Good camel! Yeah, not looking to get hit by more fireballs. Great balls of fire. Okay. Okay. Um, Alright, so then it is the the yellow people's turn. Don't forget, you can also make checks, if you would like. Oh, why isn't knowledge the planes a thing anymore? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Especially with this book. <laughs> Seriously. I know, Mordenkai went everywhere. He was all about that. So let's see. The spellcaster is going to run at a great speed and then jump deftly like an athlete off the edge of this thing until um, they are also now in this fray. So, Kara, you have three people now facing off against you. And um, they sort of position themselves between uh, where you are, Saye, and uh, where Kara is, and then let out a scream as they cast... Thunderwave. Oh. Great. Okay. So Thunderwave. Hold for flipping. Yes, Thunderwave. Great, great, great. Alright, go ahead and make constitution saving throws. Both of us? Yes. Alrighty. It's coming out in a cube, uh, so it's in between you. 21. Ooh. Ooh, Ooh honey. That's a nine. All right, so on a failed save, uh, so Saye, you're going to take 2d8 thunder damage. So that will be seven damage total, and you get pushed back 10 feet. So it's just like this sonic wave of sound hits you, and you just go, and you feel your feet like almost losing purchase on the sand as you are pushed back. Um, Kara, you're fine. You don't notice. But uh, I'm too busy screaming. Yeah, but as that <laughs> happened, so the caster moved their wand and cast this thunder wave out. Simultaneously, mm-hmm. they take their blade and they swing at you, Kara. So it's like Jesus. a two-handed whoosh, magic and fighting maneuver. This is impressive. Oh yeah, you've never seen fighting quite like this. You have a feeling that you're dealing with somebody big leagues. The big time. Okay, that'll be a, ooh, nice. A plus seven to hit? Are you serious? That's decent. All right, so a 25 to hit? Yes, indeedy. Okay. 
And then we are going to go ahead and roll slashing damage. So that will be, ooh, eight slash, I'm sorry, 11 slashing damage. Okay. And then that'll be seven plus 11, 18 psychic damage. What the fuck, guys? I need some serious help. The fuck does psychic damage do? Just like make you freak out? Uh, Basically, it feels like your mind is being torn apart. Like, again, the worst migrant headaches you can imagine um, as this is shooting off and your body is just like, uh. I'm at like half my original health, guys. Woo! Uh, I am bloodied. Oh, that's not a thing in fifth edition. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, now that the the big time caster has come down, these two soldiers are going to move and chase after you, Saye. So, um, sweet. So, Kara, you do get attacks of opportunity as they are disengaging. Oh, they're not disengaging. Yes. They're just running to take the other. They're like, boss has got it. Punks. Uh, to one of them, I will get an unnatural twenty to hit. Yep. And I will do 10 damage. Oh. They're not looking great. Okay. Um, Alright, so yeah, so you get a good clip on one um, as they come over. And they're moving towards you, Saye, with their big swords. Oh, those big 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 shining swords that glint in the sun. Oh, God. Okay. So shiny. Alright. We've been knocked back, too, huh? Okay, so is 16, will that hit you, Saye? No. Um, then no, 13. Okay, and then the second one, so that first guy got two swings and both of them missed you. Um, and then the second oh, one yeah. comes in and gets you with a 22. Ooh, so yep. that is going to go ahead and be 11 slashing damage and 9 Ouch. psychic damage. Ooh, Okay. Feeling toasty. Let's see. And then that is uh, their turn, and we are moving to Kara. Oh, boy. Yeah, they got a chunk. They got a chunk off me just then. All right, first things first, I'm going to use my second wind fighter feature to gain back. So rejuvenated. Oh, yes, 1d10 plus my fighter level of hit points. Sweet, so that'll be seven back which puts me at 56. And then I'm going to use my action to keep on chopping this fool. And uh, I want to... This fool. I would like to use my special electric property on my axe to do shocking damage. That big vibrate button. Oh. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, boy. That's how I know that girl likes me. (laughs) It was a sign. <laughs> it's a multi-tool. <laughs> um, I got an 18 to hit. Uh, yes, that will do it. Alright. So that's gonna be... 9 regular slashing damage and 3 electricity. Zap! And then I'm gonna hit him again. And get a 16. That will not do it clangs off of the half plate. And then, I'm gonna use my action surge to get another action. And, <laughs> Do and it keep again. on swinging. For life. Ooh! That's 25. Yeah. Alright, 7 damage for that one, and then for my last hit, is a 19 to hit. Yep. 
and we'll do another seven damage. Doing the math dance. So uh, you take a good chunk out of this caster, and uh, he looks pissed. Totally pissed. Good. Um, anything else? Like OMG. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, that that will do that, it. That, is that will time. do. Uh, all right. And then uh, Arnadel. I use <clears throat> Eldritch Blast again. Um, okay. I'm going towards the caster's same asshole. Same asshole, different day. Aww. <laughs> well, the first beam was a natural one. Womp, oh, bummer. It gets in the sand and sand comes up and you're so sandy. <laughs> I'm, so I'm just like... <laughs> uh, yeah, you're like... <laughs> oh, it's going to be in all the crevices later. Oh, this is much better. Uh, the, next, bolt. the next bolt is going to be uh, a 24 to hit. Yeah. Nice. Touch play pin. Yeah. The bolt is batting his long camel eyelashes as you <laughs> kick up sand everywhere. Yeah. 13 damage. Ooh. Hachi. Nice. Machi. Third one's gonna be... Whoa! Are you fucking kidding me? Did you get natural 20? No, I got a fucking one. Again. Oh, oh no! no! <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> so I'm imagining me just being like, uh, like choking on sand and then like I spew out two more bolts and one of them fucking hits like square in the nuts and then the other <laughs> one goes... Goes into the sand Right again. in the magic nuts. It's one in the magic nuts. <laughs> it basically counts as two. Hey, little hey, kid, you want to buy some of my magic beans? Oh, God. No. Wow. Okay, so you guys have blown a big old chunk out of this spellcaster. Sexy. Good. I hope that, I hope that, ass, that jerk wad knows, like, we're not messing around. We just want some answers. Yeah, and um, it, it is growing more and more clear to you that there's no backing down, like, happening here. Now it's all about, like, they are enjoying the fight, they love the fight, and they're totally good <laughs> to murder you. They're living for this they fight. They live for this. They are, they are living their truth. They are living their truth. Um, anything else for your turn? Nah. Okay, uh, and then moving right along, Saye, so you've got... Two dudes just hitting you with swords. I hit them right the fuck back. That's right. <laughs> right the flip back. With my short sword. Okay. That's a modified 20. Nice, nice, nice. And damage. Sorry, I gotta get my fancy dice yeah, I out. I the fancy cause... dice for the fancy damage. That's, yeah. all I, that's all I can do now. That's going to be five damage. And then uh, now I'm going to take my extra attack. And that was a natural 20. Woo! So that means you roll all your your damage die twice. Seven plus five. Whoa. How you want to kill this dude? Yeah, I love it. So since I'm kind of on the floor and he's coming at me, from the ground, I take out my short sword and, like, do, like, a sweeping spin thing on the floor. Like, nice. spraying You're my body out. Nice. Oh. Nice. Yeah, I'm breakdancing on the floor. It's very Bayonetta. Oh. 
and I like cut at his ankles to get him to the ground. And once he collapses, I like leap myself back up and like stab him square in the chest. Murdered. Uh, Brutal. Yeah, and the the sand is stained with sudden scarlet as just blood pours out. And uh, oh. the the other guy who's squaring off with you now looks horrified <laughs> down at his <laughs> his fallen bud, and then makes like a screaming sound at you. <laughs> Can I spend a key point to do two unarmed strikes at him? Yeah, I think so. Keep the attacks Sweet. rolling. Yeah. Do do do. So with my fisties, this probably won't hit because that was twelve. No, that will not hit. Once more. Kick him in the face. That was a 19. Okay, yes, the 19 will hit. <laughs> okay. You did it. D6. Ooh, yeah, that was nine damage. Ow. Punch in the throat. <laughs> <laughs> so he was screaming for his fallen butt, and then you punch him, and he's like... <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Oh, man. <laughs> his, fa- his yellow skin goes a little green as you do that. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, he's looking pretty hurt. Anything else? That is the end of my turn. Ooh. And then let's go ahead and and, and roll my my monsters that you don't know the name of yet because nobody makes knowledge checks. Car <laughs> don't know shit. Not my fault. I'm not pretending. <laughs> okay. Let's go ahead and yeah. Let's go ahead and try. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Try me. <laughs> Little whiz kid. Ha! Uh, the spellcaster, as they're facing off with you, so they have the ambidextrous again, the wand in one hand and the silver sword in the other. The wand flicks mm-hmm. towards you, and then four brilliant blue bolts of light come <laughs> as you're hit with magic missile. Douchebag. You're the worst. No, oh, I'll never miss this. Oh, I don't have to take disadvantage on a range spell attack. Uh, yeah. Um. Okay. So I'm a. I'm not a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that'll be fifteen damage, force damage, as Already. all the magic missiles just all over your body. And then while you're getting basically hit with fireworks, uh, the sword is coming back down around a twenty. Not natural. Yes, that does hit. All right, and then we're swinging that sword, that good, good silver sword. Ooh, uh, seven slashing. Oh man, four d eights of psychic damage. That's that's so 16 much. Sixteen psychic damage. Oh my god, damn it! Eighteen. Ooh. Uh, so this just. And again, the incredible precision and artistry of being able to sling spells and also do the swords, like, this is, yeah, Kara's starting to to feel it. And then uh, this last soldier, who you just punched in the throat, Nassim, is going to try to get his revenge. Come at me, bro. He is. He's right there, coming at you. With a ten. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) And then he's gonna try get his second swing. Oh, cool a nine. Uh, he's just so, so lost. So on top so of it. So lost and confused. He's still catching his breath. He's crying like his bud's dead, and he just doesn't know what's what's up anymore. I know all of his friends are dead on the all ground his around them. Friends are dead. 
all of these three figures are dressed in the red and orange. You've noticed. Oh, none of them were in the blue uh-uh. silver? No, maybe the blue silver are chumps. Uh, and then, Kara. It's you. All right. It's all you. Okay, first things first. I'm gonna use my attack and spend a superiority die to make it a disarming attack to try and kick, try and knock that sword out of his hands. This is some big time, yeah. big time problems. Yeah, the sword is, is a real problem. Ooh, yes, that will be a 25. Oh, yeah. Nasty. So I'm gonna, yeah, use that to make him force him drop one item, which will be the sword. Mm-hmm. And then I will get to roll 2d8 for my attack damage. 4 plus 5 is 9. 11 damage. Oh, okay. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, So that that's a disarm. It just... And then Oh, and then it has to make a strength saving throw. I got a 15. Okay, yeah. So you get... So you don't drop okay. it. You try... It's so close, though. <laughs> so close. So close. I'm just gonna... Gonna keep on hitting yep. him then. Fair enough. Fair enough. That will be. Uh, I don't think that's gonna hit. Six plus eight, fourteen. No, no. Clang off of the half plate. Then I will use my bonus action to make one last attack. All right. Oh, nice. Twenty-two. Yeah. Bow, bow, bow. And that'll be eight, ten damage. Ooh. Alright, he is bleeding profusely and not not looking great and just screaming at you now. Just bloody <laughs> raging. Because we have like blood dripping down our faces and are just The two of you are just screaming other. at each other. Like our faces are uncomfortably close and I feel his little mustache yeah, like stick up my nose his a little bit. His little whiskers are like... And your beard is up in his. Yeah, it's just like spittle being thrown at each other oh boy it's really sexy beautiful (laughs) (laughs) super sexy uh anything else on your turn all right arnadel what are you going to do uh so we've got one soldier left who looks pretty bad and then the spellcaster is also not looking great oh my god okay i'm gonna write i'm gonna roll the nerd immersion d20 Ooh, the super special orange the dice. Power of Ted. Ted, do it. Ted. Nerd immersion. Yes, that's not bad. It the first beam is going to be an unnatural twenty to hit. Yes. So precise. <laughs> Ooh, get in there. <laughs> What'd you say? I'm sorry. What spell are you casting? <laughs> I am, my ass is casting the uh, Eldritch Blast with Agonizing Blast perks. Oh, it's like a disco song. One more time. Yeah, so number three. So the first one hits, and that's going to deal, oh, sweet Jesus, hell yeah, 13 13 points of damage. Ow. The second beam is going to deal 11 11 points to hit. That's nat. Oh, 11 to hit? No. Okay, so then the third beam is going to be the third beam is going to be twenty two to hit. Yeah, right on. That will yes, yes. And that is going to be eleven points of damage. Eleven? Yeah. Oh, shot through the heart. Nope, but barely hanging on. 
Arnadel starts shouting the word. What is it? Giza. What is it? <laughs> Githrazai. Githrazai. Arnadel starts just screaming Githrazai, Githrazai. Just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. It's Githzerai. 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 Actually, no, no, no. She says it the first way. She doesn't oh, speak his language. Githzerai. Githzerai. We're undoing you. <laughs> you say it backwards, you'll be unsummoned. <laughs> Go back right, right to whatever plane you came from. You get dick. out of here. Arnold's upset. Yeah. It. I mean, this battle hurts. This is lame. All right, and then uh, moving along swiftly to Soye's turn. I want to kill the last dude who's coming at me. Okay, go for it. This is my short sword again. That's not going to hit because I rolled a four, and that was a natural one. Mm. Man, um, nope, that's a bummer. You punched him. You punched him in the throat. He wasn't able to hit you. You're not able to hit him back. It's just, it's tragedy. You guys are just having a slap by <laughs> No, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I got a cram. Uh, oh, my leg. It's from those natural ones that I hit earlier. <laughs> All the sand came up from the natural ones and got you in the eye. Oh, boy. Yeah. All right. Well, this uh, soldier is going to take a swing back at you, Nassim. <laughs> Let's see if anybody can make any uh, progress here. Uh, 12, no. Oh, sweet. <laughs> An 18? I have 18. So yes. Yeah. All right. So he gets Damn it. <laughs> he gets a final like yes <laughs> on you. Uh, let me just double check. 2d6. All right. So that'll be 8 slashing damage. Ooh, and 11 psychic damage. Yeah. How you doing? Not so hot. <laughs> you me bugger. And then at this point, the the spellcaster disappears. Son of a gun. Kara uh, <laughs> uh, begins making camel noise. <laughs> disappears. And then uh, everybody make perception checks. I got a 24 for perception. I got a 12. 24. I got an 18. You all hear this really, or Arnadel picks it up. This really high pitched, almost like a dog whistle sound comes from the far side of the boat. And then it stops. Arcana and... check? Sure. Yeah. Natural 20. Oh <laughs> yeah. That was a really weird sound. It might be some kind of somatic component in in a spell of some kind. I mean, you know, shrill sounds are used to call other creatures, or maybe it was a call for help, or casting some kind of spell. A natural 20? Yeah, you're not sure exactly what it was, but you think it is some kind of spell being cast as, like, a signal or a message of some kind. Hmm. They are from, like, a different place, so... Fair enough. All right. Makes sense. Touché. No. <laughs> yeah, nothing you cast would... Do that. Right. Does it give me this sense that, like, they're going to leave? You're not really sure. Um, I, I relay that with Awakened Mind to Saya and Kara, like... There's a weird noise. I don't know if you can hear it or not, but it sounds like they're sending a beacon of some kind. They might be getting reinforcements. They might be leaving. I don't know. Kara yells back. Does that mean we should get on the boat? Yes. <laughs> Sire wants to start running towards the boat or towards the sound of the the s- 
sound. I'm still on my camel, and I like er, I like yeah, my camel. (laughs) So there is still a guy who is fighting you. Uh, I would just like to remind you, just one soldier guy, valiantly, yeah, standing forth. Uh, So you hear the sound, or so it was their turn. So it's actually now, Kara, it is your turn. So now that dude guy has poofed, she's gonna go over and try and help out Saye and try and hit this fool. Take him down. Get it. And she would like to maneuver into a flanking position. Sweet. Ooh, hell yeah. Advantage. Ooh. And then uh, she's gonna run over. Then she's gonna use her bonus action to try and knock him prone with her shield. Ooh. So we do a post I love check. it. All right. Oh, I did terribly. 22. I did awful. I just did so <laughs> awful. <laughs> All right, you have been knocked. You prone, came in like my a wrecking friend. ball. And I got a twenty-four yeah. hit. Uh huh. All right, and then I'm gonna do my second hit. He's on the ground. He's yeah. So sad. Yeah. So sad. Which is a twenty-seven. Uh, oh boy. It'll be twenty-two damage total. How would you like to at- end his sad, sad life? <laughs> Oh, yeah, so Kara sees Saya trying to make some moves towards the ship. She bolts over, really pissed that Caster dude just, just bounced. Just like, I don't... So runs over, knocks him down, swings her sword full around in a circle, then... Or not her sword, her axe. And then whoosh, right in, dead in the middle of his spine. Right. Ugh. Perfectly cleaving him. Ugh, he, he is like cleaved. And bleeding on the ground next to his buddy. Celeste here. I'm just inserting a quick little mid-roll and we'll get right back to the action, I promise. If this is your first time listening to the Venture Maidens podcast, welcome! Thank you so much for taking a gander at our audio wares! If you're a long-time listener, thank you as well, and sit tight as we tell the new folks where they can find us. Our regular episodes are available on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever podcasts are free. We publish new episodes every other Sunday, and we live stream our game recordings on Twitch. We've been at this for about two years, so if you're looking for a cozy backlog, check us out. We have recap episodes available if you would like to get caught up with the new stuff quicker. We also have a pretty groovy Discord. Love to talk to folks on Twitter and make a bunch of other internet gaming appearances. So check out our website, theventuremaidens.com, to find all those links. We really hope you're enjoying the episode and hope you all join the Venture Maidens party. Alright, that's all for me, so let's get back to the story. Okay, and then 
now we have moved out of combat. So what is the order of operations? You're you're trying Arnadel to hop on your camel and run towards the sound. My I've been on my camel the whole time. Oh right. Okay. So you yeah instantly charge over there. The boat is only about ten feet wide, and the minute you look around on the other side, you do not see anything there. So and the noise has stopped. Huh. It's like this caster just disappeared. Oh, okay, yeah, so then, okay, I hop off my camel and then yell at them that I'm running onto the boat. Yeah, and the boat is also cracked in half. There's no way this boat is flying anywhere, if that was the thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does Maya detect magic pick up any kind of register from that invisible jackass? You don't see an invisibility register. You saw, like, a flash that was, like, almost, uh, it looked a lot like all of a sudden some big, a big spell was cast, and this person disappeared, and you heard a weird sound. Okay. Huh. The The only magical resonance still is that blue light that you saw before that is in the hull of the boat. Um, I remind the party that there is a blue light that uh, that's emitting magic that I'm picking up on, and that we should maybe go in that direction. So it's like um, All right. the, the two halves of the boat are crashed, and it's like, um, so you would have to crawl inside the other half of the boat. It looks like something has been wedged up there. So you have to, like, move through wreckage and go inside to see what that is. Sias uh, steps up and says, if we want to keep a lookout, I can stay up top and make sure no one or that caster dude doesn't come back if you want to go down. No, I'm not leaving you al- I'm not leaving you behind with that maniac. No, He's we'll not here. Stand out. We'll just stand out guard while you go digging in through the stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, find the thing. oh, thank. Okay. Yeah, I'm just going to stand on the top deck and then you guys can go down and investigate whatever magic register you're picking up and I'll let you know if I see anything and you do the same. Do you want Alistar to stay with you? Sure. So you put the little pseudo dragon up top with, with your monk friend and then yeah. uh, crawl into the wreckage to see what the... I give Alistar a kiss on his little tiny forehead before I leave. His tiny baby dragon forehead. <laughs> I give his baby for- dragon forehead a kiss, and then I give Saya a hug, and I look over at Kara, and I grab Kara's hand, and I'm like, all right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Kara looks a little confused that you grabbed her hand and goes, oh, okay. <laughs> all right. So the two of you, Arnadel and Kara, are crawling into the wreckage to see what's up, right? Yes. Uh, you both have dark vision, yeah? I got super dark vision. Oh, well, that's <laughs> good. Yeah, since, uh, so this is the part of the boat that's kind of, it broke in half and then sort of upstanding. So the inside, right, you're, you're climbing up inside this half of the boat. Uh, go ahead and make perception checks um, as you kind of push your way through the rubble and get inside of this structure. 14. 13. Okay. Yeah, so you can see that there is a figure who looks like they are pinned against one side of the boat. And as you climb up a bit, you see that it's another of these yellow-skinned people. Uh, It looks like a man, and he's dressed in blue robes. And you see he has long silver-gray hair that spills down his back and a very impressive mustache. And as you get a little bit closer to him, you can see he is definitely the source of the magic. It looks like a shield of some kind. 
And um, you can see that there's a piece of, like, a wooden board that has jutted out and, like, exploded in the wreckage. And it is stabbed, like, right through his shoulder, basically pinning him to the side. So he's, like, crippled hanging on to the side of this ship. As you approach, he he groans and um, looks at you both with brilliant kind of blue eyes that seem very serene, uh, despite his his circumstance i'm gonna like rush up i'm gonna okay so i have a potion of healing in my satchel and i'm gonna grab it very quickly and run up to him and say i'm i i just want to help and then shove the potion into his mouth (laughs) okay uh he yeah he stirs and he's been in it's sort of like when you're in a great deal of pain but you've been there for a while so he's kind of hazy um, as you just go and you shove the potion in his mouth and he reaches up his, his arm that isn't pinned and like helps, helps you along with that. And then chugs like very gratefully and looks at you and gives you a smile. And immediately as he does so, even being close to this person gives you the sense of like peace and acceptance. You're not sure what it is. Uh, and he, he smiles at you and then begins to speak in that same language, um, that the other three, we're we're speaking in. I'll use awakened mind to uh, uh before I say awake. Well, okay, okay, hold on. Um, I yeah, okay. First first thing I do is awakened mind, and I'm like, I I don't speak your language, but I have this ability, and um, I we're here to help you. I'm sorry, I can't understand what you want me to do, but I'm gonna ask my friend to remove this beam from your chest, and I'll give you my other potion of healing. Mm. Uh, and he he listens and he nods at you and then he reaches out one of his hands and he's reaching towards your face to like touch your temple i let it happen okay and as car is like oh, i really want to kill this asshole <laughs> as you do so immediately in your head a very soothing voice comes to you and you can it's that same kind of telepathic power that you have and he says thank you so much for helping me. I was worried this was the end of my journey. If you could tell your friend to um, maybe just remove the beam, chop it off so you can carry me, I don't believe I will survive it being pulled out. Ah. Uh. Again, that total serenity in his oh. voice. I don't... Okay, I... Do you think if this potion I have is going to help a little bit i am afraid he's touching your head again he has to touch your head to speak to you apparently okay Um, i do not need to live for much longer the potion has helped me I i am afraid this is a mortal blow though it is imperative though if you get me out of here i must reach someone it is a matter of life and death Okay, okay. So I turn really, uh, this is urgent. I look at Kara. Kara, like, I give you the, you you read my face. My face is telling you this is a big deal. Wait, is, have you seen if, is the blue light coming from this Mm -hmm. dude? Or he's just dying there? Oh, it is? Okay. So I'm like, Kara, this is a really big deal. This, gentlemen, we're speaking with each other. We're doing our magic shit. You just gotta trust me. Can you please use your strength to remove this beam? We have to get him to someone immediately. While you're talking back and forth, he's following both of you. And then he he begins to speak, um, not telepathically, but to both of you. 
in a very accented and broken, Hello, thanks to you, Dak is my name. And he says that in like a very broken uh-huh. kind of like <laughs> learning language Cara. book text for common. Car, yeah. we have to help him. Yeah, Kara uh, uses her axe to point to herself and says, Kara, me chop, <laughs> beam down. <laughs> he he goes a little bit white in the face and then like closes his eyes in acceptance, like stealing himself for something that's going to hurt. And so she's going to go and like, yeah, behind him, chop the wood that's tethering him to the yeah. ship. So you you do so. And um, as he's, like, released, his body, like, sags. So imagine there's a very thick, like, 9 by 9 inch beam that is basically lodged in between his shoulder. Like, you know it's probably dangerously close to some internal organs. But honestly, like, that's the best you can do. You free him from that. So he, and he reaches out hands to, like, onto both of you to hold himself. Well, now what do we do? We gotta carry him. We're, uh, I, I let him do his thing. So he can have, we can have a, like a continuous communication. Yeah. Um, and yeah, as he's leaning on you, he's able to continue. We must go and quickly before the Githyanki come back. I'm afraid they want me dead. Uh, tell me where to go. Where do I go? If we get out of here, do you have a means of transportation? The cliffs on the far side. It is imperative I reach them. Kara. We have to read. Yeah. I basically relate all of this to Kara with awakened mind while he's six. I, you know what I mean? Like when somebody's, you're transcribing mm-hmm. or trans. So I say all of this to Kara. Uh, Kara motions for him to get up on her shoulders to carry he, him. He, have like the beam rest on yeah, his Yeah, he, he looks, he like sighs and then ushers his strength to kind of like wrap his good arm around you and just totally yeah lets you and again in that broken uh common he says you thanks to you Kara, take him to the camel we're gonna race and i'm gonna tell saya to meet us at the camels so you guys all have to climb out of the boat um and then so you'll get to the point so you you run into saya well i'll yeah I'll, I was going to use my uh, 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 Alistair Fitzpatrick to tell Sawyer to get the camels ready so that by the time we get to the bottom of climbing through this ship, we can just dash. Got it. Uh, so Sawyer, you hear Fitzpatrick just opens his mouth ah! and Arnadel's voice comes out. <laughs> I scratch his little neck. He goes, and then I <laughs> hop down. <laughs> I hop down from the boat and put the camels facing out yeah. towards the cliffs. All right, so it's it's a little bit difficult, like crawling your way out of the wreckage with this this injured man, but you manage to do it. And so, yeah, Saya, for the first time, you see this creature just hug, bear hugged on on Kara. Whoa! Kara looks at you and shrugs. Is like apparently he's a good guy, but he looks the same as the other ones. I don't know. No, he's- he does. He lo- he looks like he is the same race as the ones you fought, but he is dressed in the blue and silver, like a, a few of the fallen companions around. Hmm. Well, where are we going? Guys, okay, we have to make it to the cliffs. I'm a little bit concerned that the spellcaster that I we tried to take out is disappeared. This gentleman, Dak, 
and as you say Dak, he he nods and looks at all of you, and then, like, glassy eyes as he can't understand the rest. How, uh, Celeste, how far are the cliffs? Um, so about a thousand feet. Okay, so, um, are you, Kara, are you carrying him on your camel? Yeah. And she can't help but wonder if this is a trap. As it becomes clear that you're getting on the camel, he is pointing to a spot, like, in the cliff face that you can see on the bordered edge and vehemently pointing. Like, that's where he needs to go. So you all saddle up and uh, get going, and it's it's sort of slow, like, as you're getting up on top of this camel, and it's, you know, he's injured, and you're trying not to hit yourself with this big beam of wood, and it's very clear that he's, like, sagging against you, as you can see Scarlet is staining the blue and silver, uh, and he's panting, but gratefully holding on to you. And uh, you begin to get the camels moving, and it's at this point that you hear a suction sound coming from the air itself, like a stiff wind is like blowing uh, behind you, like just behind where the ship is. And as you look back, you actually begin to see like this beam of light. It almost looks like a scar that's being ripped in the very air above the boat. And this roaring sound is heard as like the air itself tears apart and you begin to see like a veil of, it almost looks like the nighttime sky coming from behind you, this black and silver spinning web of stars. And you begin to hear a roar. And coming from this strange portal that's opened from another world, you see a red scaly head of a dragon begin to push its what way the? through. And you see two <laughs> sets of claws begin to tear at what? the veil. Holy shit. As a a red dragon crawls through this rift, and you see that seated on its back is another one of these yellow-skinned warriors in this huge helmet bearing a spear um, that is crawling its way out of the veil as you are charging forward on your camels. This is a bad And we are about to start a chase challenge. So everybody here... Roll some initiative. We gonna chase them on our camels? You are running from them on your camels. The dragon is chasing you. Natural one. Yeah, I got an eight. I rolled a 16. Thank goodness. From better from better to better. How you guys feeling? <laughs> like this dude is gonna die. And our plane is doomed. Like, what the fuck are we supposed to do? Uh, Kara and I are both very close to in danger. We have someone who's dying. Mm-hmm. I have 18 hit points. And a dragon coming out of the sky. <laughs> These people can apparently just travel through dimensions or space. Oh, but now the dimension! Mm-hmm. I don't think we've ever done a chase encounter. No, we haven't. Okay. This is yes. good and exciting. All right, everyone. So we've got our initiative, and we are running a chase encounter, which is a specific section in the Dungeon Master's Guide. Uh, There's combat, there's chases, and there's other encounters. But the way this works, it works pretty much exactly like combat, where we're each going to take a turn, um, and we get an action and a movement action. um, And basically, you lose the chase if the creature catches up to you uh, before you reach your destination. 
So the dragon and the rider upon it are crawling out of the rift about 300 feet behind you right now, and you have 1,000 feet to get to the cliff face. Okay. This is a real challenge. Yes, it is. So, uh, so don't forget, your camels move 60 feet. If you use the dash action, that doubles the camel's speed. Um, but that, that takes your whole round like normal because you're, you're hunkering down and charging the camel. Okay. All right. And uh, Arnadel, you get to go first. You got this. Um, <clears throat> I am... Planar binding. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> that would be so nice right now. <laughs> I'm mostly concerned about the dude that I'm, that we're trying to protect. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to cast invisibility onto him. He's on. Yeah, that's a touch spell, camel? and you guys are moving right now. Um, so you'd have to maneuver your camel to get over there and then try to touch him. I think it's worth it. I try it. Okay. Um. So go ahead. Uh. You you can do that. So yeah, you can just use your your movement action to make your way over there. And just for ease's sake, I'll say yeah. Uh. So you spend your action to touch him, and he goes invisible. Yep. So you have moved forward. 60 feet. Word. Where did he go? <laughs> I can used still Awakened Mind to explain to Kara what just... I'm like, they're after him. We gotta keep him safe. Yeah. We gotta get him to the cliffs. And at this point, the camels start screaming as they realize there's a big dragon behind them. <laughs> and the dragon is going to take the rest of its turn to crawl out of the dimensional rift and move forward. It's... Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Arnadel, at the end of your turn, uh, you were going to roll a d20 for me um, <laughs> to see if there's a complication in during this chase. So at the end of every turn, everybody's going to roll a d20 to see if there's a complication. I rolled a 14. Okay, you're fine. All right, so the, yep, the dragon is going to go ahead and move forward. It has a speed of 80 feet. That's not fair. <laughs> it's almost like it's a dragon. Uh, and it will roll for a complication. Oh, it does get one. Its toenail snags on the fabric of reality. <laughs> it bends As it, it is stumbling out of the portal, uh, one of its wings like catches on the edge of a piece of the, the wreckage, and uh, you hear just this <laughs> like scream of pain as it just gets torn um, and kind of careens, and then it's going to lose. So it's actually only going to be able to move 40 feet this turn. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just... The sound in the face, it's just... (laughs) It just kind of, like, I got so many images when you made that sound. I'm nothing if not evocative. Uh, And then then Saye. Okay, wait. So what is the the purpose of these rounds? We're just trying to run faster? Basically, if you guys can make it to the cliffs before the dragon, you win the chase encounter. If the dragon catches up to you, you lose. I'm rolling for speed. You can do a movement and a standard action. Uh, Your movement, you move 60 feet. It's assuming the camel is running ahead. You can use your action to do a dash, which means you would double that speed, and that would be your whole round. And I know that the guy is on Kara's camel. Yes. Then I actually want to, like, fall back a little bit and give them, like, plenty of room to blast forward and fall behind in case the dragon tries stuff okay 
Um, so you want to move just your standard 60 feet and not do anything with your standard? Are we trying to attack this thing? Is it worth it? <laughs> uh, in a chase scenario, it's probably not worth it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, then I don't, I don't really think there's anything else I can do. Okay, uh, so you're just going to move your 60 feet. Yeah. Okay. And then, uh, skipping, uh, Kara. She's gonna go the full movement and then use her standard to All right, dash. so Kara goes 120. Oh, I'm sorry. Saye, roll a d20 for complication. I don't add anything. It was a six. A six? Ooh, okay. Get a complication. All right, and what's fun about this is the complication actually goes to the next person on your team. So, oh, I'm Kara. sorry. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, okay, Kara, I'm going to need you to make a dexterity saving throw. Eight. Oh, no! Okay. So basically, uh, you get to move the first 60 feet, and then uh, there's a sudden drop, and your camel's leg gets caught by a rock and stumbles oh, no. and um, totally loses momentum. Shit. And um, you are going to go ahead and take uh, 1d6 bludgeoning damage. So here you go. Uh, so take three damage, and then the dude on your back is going to take damage as well. As you stumble, and are totally not... jarred and thrown off, so you only get to move 60 feet. And then, uh, Kara, roll for a complication at the end of your turn. Five. Okay. Guys, you gotta start rolling higher. <laughs> okay. Uh, alright, and then, uh, Brit. Okay, so Arnadel, uh, you have a complication, so go ahead and make me a constitution saving throw. That's going to be... I've ruined everything. <laughs> Six. Oh, man, you guys. <laughs> um, okay, so um, as you're flying and uh, Kara's camel stumbles, a huge amount of sand is kicked up into the air and you become blinded. So you can, so you can only move half speed this turn. Um, so what are you doing with your turn? I am going to cast... <laughs> I guess, like... It would be kind of good to use Dimension Door, but only if I'm with that dude. So I'm going to run over. I'm just going to say, if any one of you makes it to the cliffs, you win. Oh, word. Okay, then I'm going to cast Dimension Door. Okay. Uh, And how far can that take you? You're going to hate me. It can take me 500 feet. Whoa, nice. Okay. Um, Does it say the creature has to be the same size as you? The creature you take with you? Because it's you and the camel you're taking with the mention door. You can bring along objects as long as their weight does not exceed what you can carry. You can also bring one willing creature of your size or smaller who is carrying gear up to its carrying capacity. Yours. Uh, the camel is a large creature. You are medium. Then I'm going to fucking say bye camel and go <laughs> myself. You're going to jump bitch. off the camel? I'm jumping off the camel. I have one more spell up my sleeve. Bolt. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So you dimension door off of your camel. Um. So you go ahead. Okay. So five hundred feet. So Arnadel. So you boop off of your camel. So you are standing now on hot, hot, sandy desert. Um. With your companions a, a few hundred feet behind you. Uh. And your camel. You just see it go haywire it just doesn't know what to do so it just keeps running so it actually falls in step with the other two camels so you have an empty camel now that is flanking in behind uh kara and saye 
and <laughs> you get movement. Fifteen. Okay, you're fine. All right, and then jumping along, dragon. Okay, uh, the dragon is going to take its uh, the dash action. So it is going to move uh, 160 feet forward. Ooh. <laughs> How far behind was it? Was he? Uh, so he was only 300 behind. So now he is only 100 behind the initial starting point. So he is only 160 feet away right now from um, oh, Saye and Kara. Okay. And then, uh, that was the dragon. He roll his complication. He's fine. Uh, and then Saye. Um, I'm gonna move forward. Okay. Do you want to do dash to move double your speed? Yes. And then I also have something step of the wind. Does that not apply because I'm on a camel? Correct. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know you could probably run faster. You probably could run faster than the camel. You're a monk. True. But then after that, I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Well, I could keep spending key points, I suppose. So you're going to go ahead and move your full 120 feet forward? Yeah. Uh, and roll me that complication die. 19. You're fine. All right. And then Kara. I'm going to do the same Ooh. thing. Dash, dash, dash. Charge, charge, charge. And roll me that complication. Running, running. I got a 12. Running, 12. Running. All right. And then at this point. Sorry, I'm doing a lot of math here. So, Arnadel, you are 620 feet into your goal. Saye and Kara, you are 180 feet into your goal. And at this point, Kara, you feel a shifting at your back um, as the your passenger oh. turns around and like flings a hand backwards, and the invisibility drops as a spell shoots back at the dragon. And you see like this blue kind of psychic ripple almost move through the air and the dragon seems to just freeze for a bit like total midair just eh. and then as that happens the dragon just drops to the ground and you hear like a tumbling shattering sound and everything like motion starts again and it's screaming as the dragon is pissed and getting itself back up uh but he has gained you some time Dragon will not be able to move on its next turn. Psionic power, baby! Okay. And then Arnadel. So what are you doing? Now the camels are running as fast as they can from behind you. Uh, You are only 380 feet away from the cliffs. Am I able to use the wand of polymorph uh, on myself? No. You cannot cast polymorph on yourself. Then I'm sprinting. Okay. Um, so your movement is 30, so if you want to do the dash action, that'll be 60 feet. Yep. Imagine, it's like at the end of, uh, Talladega Nights, <laughs> where Ricky Bobby <laughs> and Shabash are running towards the end to the yep. finish line out of their cars. <laughs> oh my god. We only have, like, I only have, like, 300 feet left to go. 220, technically. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, no, 320. My, I'm sprinting as if, obviously, as if my life depended on it. <laughs> it does depend on it. Um, yeah. So go ahead and roll me that complication day. I rolled a 14. Okay, you're fine. All right. And then the dragon has to spend its whole turn getting its ass back up and in the air. Nice. Because that was a big blast. 
Sage, or uh, nice. Kara, you do feel yes. from behind you that after that spell was cast, like, this dude is just now just dead weight against your back, and you begin to feel warm red, like, as more blood is, like, it's actually staining you now as he is bleeding out. Okay, and then moving on to Saye. Oh, I'm sorry, dragon complication? It's fine. So Saye. Um, dashing forward All right. through the snow. <laughs> okay, uh, go ahead and roll me that complication die. Ooh, that was four. Okay, you definitely get a complication. All right, four. Uh, okay, go ahead and make me a athletics check. Or you can do an acrobatics check. Acrobatics, please. For uh, 22. Okay. Um, as you're running, uh, you see a jagged piece of what looks like bone is sticking up um, out of the sand, and you catch it just in time to be able to like veer your camel to make a weird kind of jump over the side of it. Uh, mm. so oh, shit. That should have affected the next person. I'm still learning chases. It's fine. Oh. Um, but you're good. All right. And then Kara. That's weird. Well, run and dash. <laughs> it is weird. <laughs> but and then for my complication, I got a natural twenty. You're fine. All right. So Saya and Kara, you're both at three hundred feet. The dragon is still at negative uh, hundred. Oh, okay. Feet. Okay. Um, and then Arnadel, back up to you. Dash dash. Does if if Alistair Fitzpatrick is flapping his tiny wings around my neck, does that help me run faster? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like personal air conditioning, so you feel better. Tight. Why don't you go ahead and give me a constitution check? Because running as a tiny person across a hot, hot desert on the sand is not easy. Seriously, all that sand get into your boots. Uh, I rolled an 11. Okay, Um, you're going to take a level of exhaustion. If you get to five, you drop dead. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So fast. The chase chase rules suck. (laughs) Um, Okay. So I just closed in. So we were, I was at 320. So now you are at um, 740 with running 60 feet. Enroll me that complication die. It's a 19. Oh, you're fine. And then the dragon is going to go ahead and take its full action to go 160 feet forward. So in that single move, it significantly has gained on you now. Uh, it can't shoot you yet, but it's getting there. Um, all right, and then complication. It's fine. Uh, Saye. Is it possible for me to cast, like, a wall of ice while I'm trotting forward? Yeah, so you can just move the, the 60 feet instead of the 120, and you can absolutely use a standard action to cast a spell. All right. Let's Don't forget this. that it is a flying creature, though, coming after you. It's true. <laughs> Wait, didn't it fuck its wing up? It's. It seems to have recovered from that. It's angry. It's like powering through. It's a dragon. They're the most badass <laughs> creature. It's Dungeons and Dragons, Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget when I told you when we were playing our first like very 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 first three five campaign i was like celeste we've seen a lot of stuff in this world 
But we have neither seen Dungeons or Dragons in a game called Dungeons and Dragons. And then the next game was immediately a dungeon followed by walking out of the dungeon to a sky full of dragons. You're like, yeah. how do you like that? I got, I got pissed. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay, you want me to show my chops? Here we go. My wall of ice can't be very high, so yeah. it's more effective as a dome or like a barrier. Though... Let's dash forward. Run, run, run. Whoop, 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 whoop. Okay, roll your complication dice. Oh, baby, you're at 420 feet. Nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she takes a quick hit and then <laughs> rolls a 14. Hit it and quit it. Right in the back of a camel, taking that pipe hit. Um. Okay, 14, you're fine. Uh, okay, uh, Kara. Run and dash, dash, Yay. run. Complication is a 13. You could. Wait. Let's roll. Oh, Keep yeah. Arnadel. You're so close. Arnadel only has 260 feet to go. Yes. Oh my god. Can I cast Wanda Polymorph onto Alistar Fitzpatrick? Yes. I want to turn him into. Um... This is interesting. Ooh, can I turn him into an actual dragon? Uh, no. It is limited, I believe, by... Let's pull up the polymorph spell. He's like, yes! Just my dreams have finally oh, become I'm reality! Here. Make him a bigger pseudo-dragon. <laughs> what I've wanted for so long! Pseudo no more! <laughs> Full on, baby! Exactly. Uh, the new form can be any beast, so it can't be a dragon because it has it to has be a to be beast. It has to be an animal. So I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure you could do, like, a horse. Pegasus? Yeah. <laughs> or a camel. Huh? I said Pegasus? No, you can't do a Pegasus. A it's Pegasus not a beast. It <laughs> is a magical creature. It's a celestial. <laughs> all right, all right. I, tur- I turn Alistair Fitzpatrick into a horse, but I tell him I'm going to do it first. Okay, and I- can you please... This is extremely important. What... What does Alistar Fitzpatrick look like as a horse? He <laughs> <laughs> a horse of a different what? color. The same, so all of the absolutely wacky ass color patterns that Alistar Fitzpatrick has. So like orange and black stripes and weird yellow and black, yellow and black stripage. Um, he doesn't his since he doesn't have wings as a horse. His mane and tail come out as the like purple diaphanous. <laughs> iridescent color glorious yes uh and he makes that ah, a delighted sound and still has a really long weird tongue that kind of like lulls back and forth as you hop upon your glorious steed and i fucking run yes uh so (laughs) alistar is a is a horse now oh boy of course, uh, yeah. of course. Uh, so you you get on him. I'm gonna say that's only gonna give you one action because you did the spell and you had to climb up. Uh, so that'll move you fifty feet. Fifty. Yep. Okay. So you are at seven ninety. So close. Okay. And then the dragon is gonna go ahead and move his six, hundred and sixty. Oh. Yeah. So he's at two twenty. So uh, the distance is rapidly closing. He's only about two hundred feet behind. Kara and Saye right now. Woo. If he catches up, is it over or do we engage in a battle? Uh, it's over for her. It's basically catches. over for oh, us. Shit. <laughs> and uh, he does not get a complication, so Saye. 
I gotta keep running. Mm-hmm. Running, running, yeah, running. <laughs> <laughs> that is the name of the chase game. Uh, okay, 120. How many more references can we fit into this chase? So many. Sorry, uh roll your complication die, please. I rolled an eight. <gasps> I'm right. so sorry, everybody. I- <laughs> Change your dice. Dice jail. This is fun. Um, so on the eight... So, Kara, as you start your turn, um, you begin to see these explosions coming out of the sand on either side of you. And the first thing you see is these, like, blue-silver pincer-like legs begin to crawl their way out. So these large spider-like creatures begin to crawl their way out of the domes. And you see, but they have sort of vaguely animal like faces and then they turn towards you and their jaws open up and split their faces and you see these lines and lines of jagged teeth as uh so three of these creatures popped up out of the sand fixated on your horse like your camel has disturbed them and they are pursuing you right now when Kara sees these like spider creatures she just begins like uncontrollably sobbing, oh, no, like the she phobia. can't even help it because she's so fucking afraid of. Spiders. Yeah, they look like a cross between like oh metal God. and spiders. It's it's horrifying. Yeah, she's just oh my god, she can't, can't even. Uh, go ahead and make a make a wisdom save for me. It's a fear effect. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, she's not raging. Um, that's a, a 19. Okay, so you can push past your fear and take your normal turn. But these things are running after you. Uh, so what would you like to do for your, your turn? She's going to keep riding the hell on out of Bad there. Bad out of hell. And complication, 13 again. You're cool. Arnadelle. I'm definitely going to continue dashing. Okay. Uh, on so the you back can, of... Yeah, 100 feet dashing. So... So you're at... 890, so you're so close to making it. Oh I God. know. <laughs> and then, uh... Two more turns. And then the dragon is gonna go ahead and charge in for another 160 feet. The dragon is officially within 140 feet of you. Oh no! Next turn we're gonna be dead! Oh boy. Um... Could we just do the math now and figure out if we are gonna lose this? Well, the thing is, the a sudden force like a gale wind comes through and hits the dragon in the face. The sand is thrown up, um, so it gets blinded, and it's only gonna move half speed. It's rolling complications too. It's all it's all built in, baby. Uh, All right, and then uh, Saye, dashing. All right, then roll me that complication die through the sand. Four. A four, okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, no. The spiders are coming after me. Right. <laughs> Cora, oh. I'm sorry, Sage. Cora, I need you to make <laughs> an athletics or an acrobatics check. Cora's gonna, like, pee herself. <laughs> hey! Alright! Uh, 23. Okay, so you manage to leap your camel over a ravine that suddenly, like, opens up, like, this crack that would have tripped your camel. Uh, luckily, the spider creatures fall as they don't see the ravine and then are, are chittering and, like, crawling themselves out as you're moving forward. So happy. Uh, but they're still after you. She's yelling, suck it! <laughs> I'm assuming you're gonna dash? Yes, I see. Wonderful. Am. And then, uh, complication. 
Oh man, six. <gasps> oh. So Arnadel, go ahead and make me a dexterity saving throw. You just your description of these like met- metallic spiders made me want to. There's a creature in Spyro the Dragon, the first one called that. I was like, <laughs> they're called metalback spiders. That's why I was looking them up. What am I rolling? Just a dexterity. Yep. A ten. Okay, that's just enough. Um, <laughs> uh, as you hear a hissing sound and this like weird snake was appearing like Alistar almost trods on it um, but definitely manages to avoid getting bitten well Alistar has blind sense that's yeah. good <laughs> alright and then uh, are you just charging forward for your turn yeah <gasps> oh my god you're at 990 feet <laughs> oh. I have 10 feet you have 10 feet you've just gotta make it one more round you guys um, okay, and then the dragon can only move half speed because it was blinded last turn, so it's only going to get to move 80 feet. Blinded by the sand. <laughs> so sandy. <laughs> All right, uh, it lets out a scream of frustration as it sees that it may not be winning this day. All right, Saye. All right, I'm dashing. Run, 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 run. Running for my life. No! I need a different die. I roll a four. Oh... Uh... Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, what was that? Qu'est-ce Uh, what was... <laughs> I'm sorry, you rolled a four? Yeah. All right, Sage. <laughs> Cara, I'm go sorry, ahead. Sage, go, again. Go ahead and make me an athletics or an acrobatics check. <laughs> Gladly. Uh, 12. Uh, you're fine. Um, so you jump over another, uh, patchy piece of ground and keep going forward, despite all of these challenges, but the spiders are still coming for you. Absolutely. Now they're, no. they're back out of the ravine and they're gaining on you. <laughs> all right. What is your, your challenge day? Um, okay. So first as Kara's dashing forward, she's going to look back, see the dragon covered in sand and like use its claws to brush its sand out of its eyes. And she yells back, Hey, Sandra D, eat dirt! <laughs> Sprint forward! What? Sandra D. So is Kara like a big Grease fan? Or <laughs> just yeah, obviously. obviously. That's the best puppet show that they play at the Keep. She played Danny yeah. <laughs> in a, the school production. <laughs> I got a 16. Yes, Kara as Drundrolda. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're fine. All right, Arnadel, bring it home. Your glorious, glorious ten yeah, feet. Yeah, you make it. Alistar is the first one to dive through, and you see now where the your yellow friend on the back um, has been pointing. There is a crevice, like, in this cliffside that you will be able to duck into. That's about the size of the horse um, that a dragon clearly could not follow through. Um, so you, you guide Alistar through um, there, and in that rush of time, as you seem to make that moment across, like, time jumps out of combat order, and all of you are only about 100 feet away or so, and you all pull in behind here, and again, you hear this draconic screaming coming from um, outside. And as you all congregate and move through, um, Kara, you begin to feel your passenger on the back again lift his arm shakily, and you hear a rending sound of stone like being torn down and the the entrance to this crevice is blocked as that psychic power reaches out again and closes it 
so you are standing in this dark kind of tunnel space. Uh, so it only goes about, well, you can see a thin line of sky up ahead of you. And now the sun is actually getting pretty low in the day. So it's about six at this point. Um, so the painted desert sky is bleeding down purples and golds as you all catch your breath for a moment. And you hear the dragon screaming and a cursing sound in that language again. And then eventually it stops. What did you have to get here for? She says to Arnadel to say to the guy. Yeah. I get off of, I, can I use, can I turn Alistar Fitzpatrick back into a little pseudo dragon? Yeah. He looks disappointed. Oh, I, I, we, I give him that heartfelt, like, hey, like, I love you more as a dragon. He, he makes a, <sighs> and sigh, puffs glitter. Oh, oh gosh. Um, I go over to the, um, I have one remaining health potion. Mm-hmm. And I give it to this dude yeah. who's no longer invisible. Um, um, Dak. Yeah, he does not look good. Uh, he doesn't even look yellow anymore. His skin has gone a gray tone. And you can see just the bleeding. He's not going to live for much longer. I hope the health potion buys us a little bit of time. Yeah, you give him the health potion. He gratefully accepts it. And he reaches into a sleeve of his wide robe and takes with a shaking hand and offers you a carved um, wooden box and and reaches out to touch you again. If I don't make it, please, you need to give this to her. To who? Paisel. She has many lives in her hands. It is imperative. And he, like, coughs and blood just, like, and, like shoots over your robes as he kind of goes woozy down this way. We will find them. And uh, he, he's indicating towards the, the passageway that leads into this cliff face. Okay. Um, I communicate this to everybody else. and uh, you, The box is glowing with gold, gold artifact magic. Um, I kind of also look towards the direction that we're walking to see if maybe there's a magical register that is our destination. There is not. Um, it seems like the tunnel kind of leads downwards and then makes a turn. So you can't see exactly where it's going. Okay. Um, while we're walking, I just want to get like a little bit of, like, I don't want to tire him, but I'm just like, I'm not trying to be insensitive here, but, um, if you do... Leave us before we reach Paisel. What are we looking for? I work for an organization that believes in peace above all things. The Gith kind have fought for so, so long. I cannot say much more, but Paisel, she's a leader within the Shah Sal Kao. She has a mission of peace. She must have this. Or my people will not survive. Okay. Uh, I turned to the car and saw you. I'm like, guys, we got peace on our hands. We got to make it. <laughs> All right. Who is this Paisel broad? What's she doing? She's the leader. Uh, and he picks up again at that name and like nods and smiles, but doesn't understand the rest of the conversation. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, guys, I, uh, it would make me feel like we got to go. Well, let's go. Yeah. Uh, so you wind your way down the tunnel, and it takes a sharp right, and suddenly a, a cavern opens up, and it's it's this very large cavern that's tucked away, you think, maybe intentionally built, um, 
but you can see that there are tents that have been built and set around inside of this cavern here, and there are many of these people of, of this race you've now come to recognize that are inhabiting this, probably about 40 of them. You see that there are small people running about, so children, uh, men, women, children, and there seems to be a mix of those garnished in the red and orange, and then also the blue and silver um, intermingling together in this space. And as you go through um, two figures, one in the blue and silver and one in the orange and red, um, come towards you immediately startled with these same silver blades that you saw before. And they're like shaking the blades and screaming in this language. And everybody just raises up arms basically and the whole settlement and the children and everybody huddles together, staring at you with these wide eyes uh, until they see this person leaning on your dwarven friend. And um, a, a woman steps forward who is wearing the orange and red and takes kind of these slow, hesitant steps, and then in that same broken comment says to you, Friends? Awaken mind, saying, we come in peace. This per- this is Dak, and he's looking for Pizel. And, uh, yeah, she, she sees Dak immediately, and her eyes fill with tears as, as she runs over and, and embraces him, and the two begin very loving gestures. It's very clear that they mean something very personally to each other, and they start saying something in that language, and she's looking at him, and she's touching, like, the piece of wood, and she starts crying, and he's Aww. crying. And uh, you, you're not sure exactly what's going on, but he he reaches out to you. Box. Box. Oh, I give it. I give it. Immediately. Yeah, and he he puts it in her hands and then closes his hands over it and um, says, and gestures back at all of you, Friends, thanks to you, my people, safe. And he coughs again and she, she squeezes him tighter as he dies in her arms. And uh, that's where we're actually going to leave it. Oh, what? Shaka. Jesus. When the wall fell. <laughs> yeah, shit. I, wanted, I need a denouement here. That's that's what happens here. Um, the denouement, I mean, this, since this is a one shot, um, essentially you you helped out a group of uh, rebels between this, this warring race that believes that maybe the Gith Zarai and the Gith Yankee can live together in peace. Um, started by two people who loved each other very much, despite all odds. That makes me want to watch that Star Trek. Shaka when the walls fell. Um, yep. So, um, thank you everybody so much to listening to the special Venture Maidens contribution to the podcasts of Foes Projects. We are so, so grateful to Wizards for having us back. We hope you enjoyed it. And of course, if you liked our stuff, go ahead and check out our regular podcast, which publishes every other Sunday. You can find us. We're Adventure Maidens. We're on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, basically wherever podcasts are free. You can find us on Twitter at Venture Maidens. I have been your Dungeon Master, Celeste Conowich. You can find me personally at C. Conowich on Twitter. I've been your uh, telecommunicator, Elvin Warlock. <laughs> Uh, Arnadel Lithil, a.k.a. Babblefish, a.k.a. Brittany Quintero. <laughs> <laughs> 
and I was Saya Noor, uh, also Nassim, <laughs> also Nassim on Twitter and Nazgul on Instagram if you want to hang out. And I, Sage Stafford, have been Carbrunhilda, the magnanimous dwarven barbarian. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, all those wonderful things at Staff of Sage. Yeah, well, thank you everybody so much for tuning in. I hope you liked our stuff and I hope we get to hear more from you. And you know what you should do until next time? Venture Venture away! away. (laughs) Venture away, everybody! Thank you. Thank you.